0: G'day and welcome back to the Talking Leadership TV podcast series. Our guest today is Sonia Law. Her passion is putting the human back into human resources. She believes if you take care of your people, they will take care of your business. Her professional career in HR spans 25 years in the property, education, telco and IT, pharmaceuticals, engineering, water, FMCG, HVAC, fire, and mining industries. She notes a highlight of career being part of the senior leadership team for Hitachi in the mining industry, completing her MBA at Monash in 2018 and studying and working internationally across the USA, Europe and Asia. Important to Sonia is building teams with the right talent, with a high performance culture and aligning people to the strategic goals of the organization. I'd like to thank Sonia for her time, but enough from me. I will hand over to today's podcast guest, Sonia Law. Sonia, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. So, before we get into a discussion around the intersection of leadership and the human resources, the HR function, um, I'd like to get some sense of um, what you're doing at the moment in that space and to thank you for having this conversation that's not necessarily focused on your leadership pathway, but definitely talking about where HR and leadership meet. So, first things first, why h r why do you do what you do in the h r space?
1: Yeah, um well, actually love people, so um uh, i I want to you know put the human back into human resources. It's not a cliche, it just is um and yeah, so no, I enjoy enjoy what I do.
0: liking what you do is critically important in whatever role, whether in your leadership role or not, but in term in terms of what we're discussing today. What do you see at, at the big level is the intersection of um, leadership and the HR function?
1: Yes, certainly. Um, well, on one side, you know, in any business or organisation, you, you've got the people and then you've got the strategic goals. So the intersection, if you like, and the overlap is, is the leadership and it's, it's the culture, um, how things, you know, get done and how well you you align the two.
0: Sure. Look, I, I'm, I'm curious to ask in the, the, the professional circles that you've worked through from, from that HR view of the world, do you see a lot of difference in leaders practicing HR versus leaders that are not in the HR space? Do you see some differences there? Again, you don't yeah, have to name any one particular leader, just <laughs> let, let's talk in broad terms if we can.
1: Yeah, um, great question. Um, In in my view, functional leaders, they're very specific on what it is their agenda and what they want to achieve within their function, Um, whereas HR leaders, we look at the bigger picture, the whole ecosystem, um, as opposed to just one functional area. So our role is to mobilise all the people and to align them, you know, with the strategic goals and to create a high-performance team, but often a specific functional leader is just focusing on one element of that and it's very much a bit of an art and science you know HR Um, so yeah that would be sort of my experience where you've got a HR person and then you know a non-HR person.
0: Yeah that um, it's always been of interest to me and and why I wanted to chat with you is I for a long time at university, when I was doing my undergraduate studies, that yeah. HR really appealed to me. And as I got more and more into <laughs> the study of it and what it actually meant, I uh, um I built in my own mind, and yes. I, I think I I think I was off base somewhat with this. Is that in in my estimations? Is my estimation only? the hr function not the people all good people but in terms of the function is not necessarily a function to protect employees but it was a function to protect the business and i think there are there are some differing views on that my perspective as i've gotten a bit, a bit um few more grey hairs and more into my career yeah. is that yeah. if you're doing the hr function well it's about all of those things is protecting yes. the business and protecting the people in the business, because you wouldn't have one without the other. So, without the people, you don't have the business yeah. to flourish. Um, what's What's been your yeah. sense of that? And have you found this um, my yes. my ill informed view, I guess, when I was younger, amongst people when you're talking about HR yeah. in in general, and then what leadership yeah. means for that.
1: Well, that, that's why champion. You know, putting um, the human back into human resources because. I believe that the HR person should be employee advocate, which Dave Ulrich talks about, um, not just for the business. Uh, so um, it does, you have to be quite, um, you have to be quite intelligent and quite innovative in your influencing and impact skills when you're speaking to CEO and advising as to what are the two sides of everything. So it's the people side and the business side. And I've been fortunate um know to be in a position where I am an employee advocate um I'm not going to always do you know the the things that the business think are right for the business Uh, now of course you need to really back that up (laughs) um uh, you know with a good business case and I've even been asked to do a fishbone diagram before as to why I wouldn't go ahead with something Um, but I always bring it back to really appealing to their empathy and compassion and the importance of valuing the people and developing trust. If I just work on behalf of the business, then I'm not going to be able to mobilise and create a high-performance team. And the main component of a high-performance team is trust. Um, So it's really, and I've been, um, the feedback I've received um, is that I do a good, really good job. Of balancing both the business needs and the employee needs. So, um, yeah, I think we could do better there for sure.
0: You, do you find that that is qualitatively easier for you in the consulting space versus someone who's embedded in the business? Do you think there's a few degrees of separation that you might have that other HR practitioners don't? have I, outside of looking in from my perspective only I could see that you've got a bit more flexibility to be an advocate whereas I think in some organizations and again I think the size of the business matters I don't think you could get away with um putting yeah. a business case even if you thought thought you should be an employee yeah. advocate has that has, has that ever yeah. crossed your mind
1: I can yeah confidently say that I've done that within organizations So in consulting, you're not getting close enough to the people. You don't have relationships with them. So you can't champion culture. You can't advocate for them because the relationship is between the business owner and then the people. My role is not with the people. My role is to advise the CEO, CFO and the business owner. But I have no relationship with with employees. So no, that's as a HR manager categorically definitely someone who advocates for people yeah
0: yeah that's, I, I, that's
1: my brand anyone you were to ask who's worked with me where i've been the hr manager will say is that is sonia <laughs> yeah so no, that's, it's that, that's fair career. enough it's about yeah. what's best for people yeah yeah
0: sure and and look uh this isn't something that i've, I've not heard before most most people when you're talking about Leadership and when you're getting into the weeds of things like the HR function, that it you have to have a people focus. I would I would assume, not having worked in HR, that that gets heightened because it's about the people in the business, yes. and that that need, that leads quite nicely into the next um, topic area. If if I can uh, be so bold, do you believe mm-hmm. um, some leaders ignore the HR function?
1: <laughs> it depends on what their experience has been in HR. And I I do test that in an organisation, what has been their experience with HR. So there's sort of two sides to that. Have they been value creating or have they been diminishing? Have they been problem solvers or have they been roadblocks? Have they been innovators or have they had a fixed mindset? So it comes down to mindset of the HR person. If you can hold space for the person that you're working with and create trust and value, they're going to come back to you. It's just like any sort of customer relationship and that's where you can change their experience because 99.9% of the time they won't get that experience with HR. So for me, they ignore because then they're, they're not getting any value and they feel like they're just talking to a brick wall and nothing's really happening, they don't feel heard or listened to or valued, so they just walk away. Whereas when you're able to do that for people, hold space and genuinely be with them in that moment and help them, then that's what builds your great, you know, it's customer service. (laughs) HR is there to serve the people, right? (laughs) that's why we have a job but sometimes ego gets in the way and power with a lot of HR people but when you take the time to actually listen and understand what's at the you know root cause I'm daughter of an engineer so I try to understand the problem and then think up a solution keeping everybody sort of you know moderately happy so (laughs) there's always you know a few ways to skin a cat
0: so, <laughs> l- 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 yeah, no, look, and I, I agree with what you're saying. I guess um, in trying to understand how leadership intersects with HR, one question I've got for you this is more curiosity um, on this topic area is around as you trained to become a HR professional, once you got into the field, so to speak, and in you're in your applying your trade, did you get a lot of training initially around dealing with leaders in the HR function because you're dealing with staff that are at different levels within the organization was that a focal point or did you develop experience of how to deal with leaders who are potentially potentially a problem in terms of the HR function within the business how how did that play out for you
1: yeah, if I understand the question correctly, it's just about how to deal with different levels within the organisation and their are yep. the soft skills. And when I've employed graduates, you know, they struggle with that. Um, I guess for me, I've never struggled with it because I've, you know, always worked with a wide range of people within my community. I think there's a lot to be said for working in your community i worked in a supermarket for five years and you've got different ages and different people and that's really where i learned how to deal with people so i think there's a lot to be said and i spoke at melbourne uni recently um about this and that get as much exposure to different types of people but you know i'm a kiwi from new zealand from a country town and i learned pretty fast that you have to <laughs> treat everyone the same so I have no problem with that because I know that whether they're a cleaner, whether they're the CEO, they get the same treatment. <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't come unstuck there um, for treating people differently. I think you've got to literally treat people the same. You've got to assess them, the situation differently and approach it differently. Um, but I think if you you know if you've got that understanding, you can develop those soft skills and the best soft skills really just to listen and learn, and that's the, the best way to learn, really. I'm
0: I'm interested you don't have to all the answers. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Um I'm I'm interested in your use of language there around the soft skills. I've had some interesting discussions with some guests around uh, these kind of skills, and not necessarily calling them soft skills, they're the harder skills to apply when you're talking about the management yeah. of people. And um, I'm genuinely curious here: why yes. did why did we have the language set that HR and people skills are soft skills, where number yeah. crunching and technical expertise are the hard skills? I I would flip that yeah. out and say it's easy to be 100%. a content expert. Not so easy to deal with human beings. Um, do you know why yeah. that that exists in the world of work? I'm genuinely curious because I, I never knew why someone worked yeah. HR as a soft skill.
1: Yeah, because it's a real art. Soft skills, hard skills are technical. I used to do computer programming and accounting in my first undergrad. So, you know, they're really easy skills, right, for me to do finance or accounting and and computer programming. It's just the way it is. Um, But with people, it's more complicated. There's a lot of observation. There's a lot of reflection. There's a lot of testing and trial and error and trying sort of new methods. You really have to think on your feet so the the softer skills are, you know, and I think rightly so called that because they're they're harder to learn and they take more time. But they rec- not everyone I don't believe can actually develop those softer skills. People, engineers or technical people, they're attracted to things where it's one plus one is two, and I'm not mean to diminish what they do because it's very important but when someone's attracted to something that they enjoy they're going to repeat it and become proficient and, and master it but with hr you literally have to love it observing people trying to understand them listening asking questions observations so those softer skills um you know take a long time to really to master and you never really you never really get there but it's it's the <laughs> it's the you know, i don't know the journey the quest <laughs> like you know i i always uh, the toughest person i want to win them over i want to crack the code i want to crack them open to find out what makes them tick at the heart so that i can really understand them and that's what i'm really good at and um, and and that's only when I can truly have a relationship where I can help them to achieve their potential. But it's an art. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's definitely a critical leader skill set to be able to create relationships mm-hmm. with the people that you're working in. It's mm-hmm. it's very much understood that when you're doing that from a HR perspective, because it's around mm-hmm. the individual um, employee. I wonder though, um, have you met resistance from people in your travel when you're in your travel? Sorry, when you're trying to build yeah. those relationships, because I've I've met yeah. some human beings that view work as a very functional thing. They go do a job and they yeah. go home and they live their life very separate to work. Um, I'm not saying I'm not putting a value judgment on that. I think hey, everyone's got their own motivations to be at work, but from a HR practitioner point of view. How difficult is it when you get someone that um, self-discloses that they don't give a crap about anything else, they're there to do a job and they don't want to enter into relationships or give more of themselves? How do you address that when you meet employees that are like this? Because these people exist and it's, it's part of the world of work.
1: Yeah, I think it's um, you know, full self disclosure. If they're being upfront about it, that's great. You know, that actually helps me. So you need a all types of people, um, in a business. You can't have all the high performers. Um, you you need a balance, and you know they often have really good. Um, Mental health and balance, and they are more sustainable over a period of time. So their performance, you know, whilst it might not be high performance, actually levels out to be really sustainable, and they end up being actually your best people. <laughs> and they've got a good humour, and you know, they're great.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. so you you mentioned you about you sorry, no, yeah. no, you go. Sorry,
1: you need that diversity. <laughs>
0: Yeah, 100% I hundred percent agree. I think the. No, I
1: don't believe people should um be robots. You know, three hundred and sixty-five days a year. I'd actually prefer they're not, <laughs> that they're human. Um, they're a lot easier to work with.
0: People's <laughs> mot- motivations to do work to be leaders comes from very different places. You can't just assume that everyone's there for the same reason yes. that that's your motivation yes. to be at work obviously you want your leaders in all parts of the business to be working to a similar goal but my reason for being in the joint might be completely different mm-hmm. to yours and that's okay yeah, as long as it okay. doesn't cause roadblocks in, <laughs> in how the, how the how the business operates and that's that's where I think your function that that HR function sorry is critically important and it sort of yeah. leads me to my next question if i can ask you um Please. to what degree do you do leaders need to be separate from the hr mm-hmm. function is is there good to have some distance between your mm-hmm. your operational yeah. leadership your strategic leadership and that hr needs to be separate for some mm-hmm. one reason or another does that Does that ring true or or not work
1: like that? Um,
0: Okay, yep.
1: Yeah, if an employee um, confidentially tells me something, I always say to them, that's in the vault, that's with me, if they do not want it repeated. So often, you know, certain things are sensitive and confidential and they don't want things disclosed. So I think when someone takes the time, whether it be a leader or an employee, to, to not disclose something, then I do hold it. And I always say to managers, you know, if, um, excuse the French, shit hits the fan, let me know, okay? Come to me before it happens and I'll help you and we'll work it out together because if it does, <laughs> it's very hard for HR then because we have to balance business and balance employee or balance business and leader. If I can just know a few things so that I can sort things out before it's fully exposed, um, that's that's quite a good thing. HR can have in their kit bag, and and that's where you get that separation. You're not being you're not not disclosing it to the business. It's just not at the point in which it needs to. And I think that's actually a really healthy thing to do. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. When you meant it, you meant before the shit hits the fan. That's what you. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. Just, just thought I clarify that. Yeah, we don't want too too many um of those hitting the fan if we can um if we can avoid it. Um, Sonia, let me let me ask you as a takeaway for those that are listening to this or watching the podcast. What tips would you give those leaders that are watching this around? better practice when it comes to hr at least from that leader perspective what what could we put in our toolkit to make us better
1: yeah i think it's really time for new leadership um spending time at melbourne uni with the graduates recently the things they're interested in diversity inclusion empowerment and more compassionate more more empathy um, you know to see that in, in leadership and more corporate social responsibility you know more leaders understanding AI and neurodiversity that's what really excites them so I think my number one tip would have a growth mindset continue to learn and to be a good global citizen and understand the issues and what happens around you and try not to get really you know, insular to always listen and learn. Like young people, they, they understand the inequalities of the world and they, they have a lot of value to bring. So whenever you're in a room, it's taking in the thinking and the ideas of everyone in the room, not just going in with your own sort of agenda or set way of thinking. It's just to really lean and listen and find a solution as a group. Um, in leadership is, is you know, going to be creating more value than not.
0: Sonia, thank you for sharing that. The um, You're not the first to bring up the, the phrase a growth mindset. I think at the core of that, again, this is only a personal view, that that idea, the idea, sorry, of lifelong learning and being open to having some discussions is critically important. Um, I think there's always going to be a debate on all of those issues you mentioned about how 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 do you make some of those things real in some organizations versus others and how do you start to accommodate uh young new talent coming into the business where yeah. um i get i get a sense from talking to people of my vintage so those in their 50s that um some of the the new generation coming through have some mindsets that are, are qualitatively diametrically opposed to how you might view the world and i think that's all for the good because it creates a discussion around certain things and i figure i you know i've got some life left to lead if i can have a debate that makes me better at my job or helps someone on the come up to be better at their job or even if we don't agree which is also fine at least having the toolkit to debate to discuss to analyze to um, extract the bits that you need to make you a better professional is where i think is the best way you can end up now um the new generation coming through they're going to be the leaders of the future so you would hope that they Mm -hmm. they don't they don't develop a rigid mindset as they start to age in roles because one day they're going to be me in the role they're going to be in their 50s and they're going to see a new yeah. generation coming through and this this these kind of conversations will come back to haunt you if you're not <laughs> at, at least at least prepared to have the discussion does that does that ring true for you mate
1: yes yeah very much <laughs> yeah
0: no um well look um you Sonia know. thank you for your time today um this will be hopefully the first of a few discussions because I'd really like to get into a discussion with you about your pathway in leadership on another podcast if you're happy to keep chatting with us
1: sure, sounds fun (laughs) excellent so for those
0: listening i've been speaking to sonia law sonia thank you very much
1: welcome thank you eric thanks
0: That concludes our podcast for today. Thanks for joining us. I'd like to thank Sonia for sharing her insights with respect to leadership and its intersection with human resources. This podcast was very much an introduction to the topic area and I'm looking forward to doing more podcasts around HR and the leadership function. Thank you for your support of the podcast. Please drop a like, subscribe if you can to help grow the channel. Have a great day, rest of your week and we'll catch everyone on the next episode of Talking Leadership TV.